0: Imagine getting to speak around the world, meeting the most successful, positive leaders, and then getting to choose from that group. That's what this Leadership Podcast is all about learning from the best how to be your best so that we can challenge ourselves to lead with purpose, impacting lives and changing communities. I'm so glad you're part of this Leadership Podcast community where together we learn, lead, and leave a lasting legacy. Welcome to Garage to Goliath. I'm Dan Quiggle. I'm honored to have my dear friend, Huberto Hernandez, joining me on my podcast today. Cuberto is the president of C Country Mortgage, also known as Medis Mortgage, which helps keep him very involved. But his commitment to philanthropy is truly mind-blowing. From his work as the co-founder and director of Morris Foundation, Boys and Girls Club, Boy Scouts of America, Mission Basilica, San Juan Capistrano Catholic Church, the Building to Serve campaign, Museum Catusui, uh, Museum in Ensenada, Mexico, and the list goes on and on. You'll definitely want to stick around to hear about Cuberto Hernandez's unique leadership style and his desire to educate and promote the welfare of others. Hello, Cuberto and welcome to Garage to Goliath.
1: Thank you, Dan, uh, for the invitation. Sincerely, it's an honor to be part of your podcast. I myself have listened, learned, and implemented a lot of the information shared all your guests
0: well i I, listen here's what i love about you converto so we know each other personally both of our daughters played beach volleyball together at pepperdine which was an amazing experience and to get to travel with you and your family all around to different cities and we got to know you better but i was just always fascinated with your background uh your your love for life your appreciation for america your love for business and for making a difference in people's lives do you mind just taking a few minutes and, you know, I know you, but let my listeners know a little bit about your background in oceanography and business and uh, a little bit about you.
1: Uh, thank you. Um, like you mentioned, Cuthbert Hernandez, I got my bachelor's in science in oceanology. It's a five-year degree at the Facultad de Ciencias Marinas de la Universidad Autónoma de Baja California. Professors from a Scripps Institution of Oceanography developed this degree over 50 years. The campus is located in Ensenada, California, Mexico. Now, I grew up in Mexico City, but I went to Ensenada to study, and that's where I met my wife, Kimberly, for 38 years, and my son was born there, and we moved to the United States when he was two years old.
0: Yeah and so so with this I mean you've always had a love for the water I mean it and isn't it appropriate that our daughters get to play beach volleyball so that, you know we're we're a little bit spoiled we get to travel around to beautiful beaches and watch them play but what what draw you to that what drew you to that was it something early on in life was it something a passion you've always had
1: Honestly I mean to me the ocean is fascinating I mean it's just so vast I mean just when you realize that more than 3 quarters of the earth is covered by the ocean I want to be part of that. I want to learn more about that. And that's the reason I chose to study oceanology. And so,
0: but you also have this entrepreneurial spirit. And and I think that I want to kind of drill down on that a little bit right now, if you don't mind. And And you've been an entrepreneur, you've done that with your family, you've got your family involved in the business. That's a whole separate thing that we can talk about here in a few minutes. But what was your key driving force to becoming an entrepreneur? And did you have a formula or a, you know, a, a specific um, idea of what you wanted to do?
1: Uh, Dan, I don't think there is a formula. The way most people describe an entrepreneur is someone who ventures into a business versus being an employee, or because he or she doesn't want to be an employee. In my case, I had to cut my own venture out of the necessity that I wasn't being hired when looking for work. When I first moved to the United States with my wife Kimberly and my two-year-old son, Goodberto, I needed to create results immediately because we have only $200 and many expenses to cover. I know I had a bachelor's in oceanology, I had a really good resume, but to apply for an institutional job, it takes time. I needed money right away and there were two things that I can do well. One, I was a good bartender. And second, (laughs) I knew how to scuba dive. So I decided to go and apply for a bartender jobs in restaurants. My only condition was that I had to have an ocean view. (laughs) Because I I wanted to be close to the ocean. So this didn't work because I didn't speak English well. I didn't have a social care car. I mean, I was a legal immigrant. I had my permanent resident car. But I didn't know what a social security card was or social security number. So, in four different restaurants in the area between San Clemente and Laguna Beach, I was denied a job. So, I was living in a restaurant in Dana Point, and I saw a commercial scuba diver and simply asking for a job. And because of my persistence, he agreed to give me a chance, and I passed the one-day test, and I became a regular commercial diver in Dana Point Harbor. So. After a few months working at a point, I was offered to buy a small business with 60 accounts. I passed on the opportunity because I wanted to pursue my passion for xenology.
0: Okay, so let, let, let's back that up for a second. So why did you why did you not uh pursue that? What what, what was about what was wrong with it or
1: what did you want to do differently? Uh, well, unfortunately, I mean a scientist guess underpaid. And cleaning boss I was making more money than I wanted to, I mean, as a scientist, but I, but I still feel like, okay, well, um, I'm not after the money, so I, I really had to pursue that. So, so that's when I gave myself a second chance to be a scientist in the United States.
0: Okay. And so, how long did you do that?
1: Well, I worked for the county of Orange, and I didn't like being a bureaucrat. I felt like... Um, I wasn't going anywhere, you know what I mean? Like, you get promoted no matter what. I mean, um, to be encouraged to procrastinate, I mean, um, and I don't want to talk bad about any government, but I mean, I personally didn't like to be a bureaucrat. So then I start remembering, wow, if I just clean a boat, I get paid, and if I perform well, I mean, I do better. So that's when I realized, that in the USA there was a simple concept in business if you have a skill and work hard you are rewarded very well financially
0: do you know how i love how much i love hearing that i mean I, you know and that's something that i was taught we grew up very poor and uh, but my parents were the hardest working people i've ever met and so for me getting to see their you know them work so hard and then be rewarded for that. And then to hear your story and kind of see your success story, you came here with just a few hundred dollars, but you know, you're a hard worker and you're a smart person and uh, you took it upon yourself to make things happen for yourself. And I just challenge my listeners, you know, if you're sitting out there and you know, maybe you're struggling, you don't have a lot of money, or maybe you're thinking about taking a risk. It, it takes, you know, moving the line right jumping over the the crevasse and 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 trying to make things happen and and i i will just say that i've had a lot of friends in life that have always said you know i want to start my own business and and they just never do they're never willing to take that risk and so i challenge you to be willing to take a risk like huberto did and and especially i mean you you had a, you had a, a young child at the time you were married so these these are huge risks that you were taking and i just i give you credit for that but also realizing that you needed to uh you know provide for them and and, and make sure that they were safe and secure so what is what is your true passion right now
1: um wow well, um I, I i think my true passion is really to serve others you know to to speaking to their possibility, uh, to help them succeed, whether it's an employee or a volunteer in the foundation. Um, that's, that's my passion.
0: And so so within, like, let, let's let talk about your culture within your organization. So now you have um, the Morris Foundation, you have the Morris Mortgage you have created a culture within those organizations. How did you establish that? Or, and, and can you kind of describe the overall feeling of that?
1: Yeah, you know, the, the culture that exists today in our company is really the result of what has worked and what doesn't work. I mean, it like uh, tests, I mean, pretty much, I mean, failures and all things, but so basically what has worked and what hasn't worked over the past 20 years. I always ask my employees to operate in, a, in, a, in an environment where it creates collaboration to me is huge. You know what I mean? Gratitude, to have fun, but also to be socially involved. Uh, in my Mortgage, we foster a culture of gratitude and collaboration. How we accomplish this? I mean, we have simple like structure, simple games. For example, we have the weekly action plan and we have the gold coin. Every Friday, each employee has to complete a form where they write five things to look forward to the next week. Three, how they can advance a company. One, how can they advance themselves personally? And one, what they look forward to do next week for themselves outside work. In the another thing is by by the, by every Friday, they need to acknowledge with a gold coin, a peer that support them to accomplish their goals. So the idea is that each employee is motivated to look forward to the next week's work and encourage them to learn and to support their peers, you know, it's, it's fascinating. I mean, like how you see create such a strong bond in your company.
0: So I love that. Okay. So this whole concept fascinates me. So you have, so this is once a week, they have a meeting and during that meeting, they come up with five things, three to advance the company, one to advance themselves.
1: And actually it's not meeting because um, it's a piece of paper. It's called weekly action plan. And I don't care if they can write it, they put it on the computer, but it has to put in paper because the moment you write something down, I mean, it's almost, it's a decree. So with that being said, um, and they have to share with a peer or with me, they send me sometimes a picture, a text and everything. The moment you put it out in the space, I mean, basically you are being held accountable. So there is no meeting, they write it down, they send it to me and they share with a peer and... Really, that's 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 all it is. See, I don't like to micromanage. I mean, it's for them. I say, create intrinsic value. It's not for me. It's really for you.
0: And so then is there anyone that holds them accountable for that? Or once it's out there, they try to do that and then you you follow them? Because, again, this is fascinating to me. I love I love learning new tricks and, and, and tools that can help me um, invest well, in others. At the
1: end of the, you know, at the end of the week, I mean, they check what they did. Whether what they, what, what they accomplish in the week and they feel accomplished, they can go into the weekend feeling accomplished because how often then you work so hard and at the end of the week you go like I didn't do anything. But if you keep track, of the most important thing, you accomplish every day, and whether you wrote it down on your weekly action plan or not, because that's another thing. Sometimes people can say, "Oh, I didn't get this done." Well. Maybe because there was something else that came up, so you still got to wait, you know. that's You just hold and put up, you pass on, on, on what you want to do that specific day. I just want people to look forward to it. I don't check what they did because, again, it's for them. If people are not self-motivated, I mean, it doesn't work.
0: Right. No, I mean, you definitely, you have to find the right people with the right passion around you on a regular basis to be successful. And, and, and by the way, you're only as good as the people you surround yourself with. So, you know, I feel great on a regular basis only because I have great people around me. And I try to (laughs) surround myself with people like you, Huberto, you know, that are positive, that are optimistic and forward thinking and, and, uh, and, and just make things happen. And, you know, that's, that's one of the neat things about you is, is I do feel like you are always educating others and, whether it's your family, because I get to witness that, or it's your employees. But how has educating your clients at Sea Country Mortgage um, helped your business be successful and helped your customer base?
1: Okay, well, our our mission statement, Marist Mortgage is a broker-correspondent firm with employees that operate in an environment where the employee is fulfilled knowing that we are participating in a professional relationship with a client based on the premise that then both parties will gain financial success. Currently, we have a relationship with over a thousand clients. At least 25% have been clients for over 15 years and they own multiple homes. So it's so rewarding to see people with simple jobs, not sophisticated, with net worth over a million dollars. So we are successful because they are.
0: But see, okay, again, and I just want my, my listeners to, to hear this for a second. So what Kuberto is saying, and this is so beautiful, is when everybody wins, everybody wins. And when you have the best interests of other, I'm I'm a karma person, Kuberto. Like I believe in karma. Seriously. Like I think you do the right thing, it's going to come back to you tenfold, whether you like it or not. And if you did, if it doesn't, who cares? You did the right thing from the from the beginning. So it, your desire to help people build wealth, to help people, uh, you know, have financial security, it, I've I've just heard you talk about that so many times, and I, I admire it because it's it's not about you. I always tell people that profit is a byproduct of how well we serve others. And if we're serving others really well, then profit will come in droves. You know, it's it's like I say, solve a big problem and, and profit will come, uh, provide a great service and profit will come. The bigger the problem you solve, the more profit you receive. It's just a byproduct. The bigger the problem you solve or the biggest, bigger the service that you give, the, the profit will come. So I love that you, you're just all about others all the time, and it's real. That's the neat thing. This is not like, you know, hey, if I do this, then I get this. It's literally a, a desire to help others, and and your your clients benefit from it. Your, your friends like me benefit from it, and and it is much appreciated. Um, how how do you market your business, and and what are some strategies that have made you more most successful?
1: Uh, okay, this is fascinating to me, and it's. it's- Pretty awesome. I mean, I, like you say, I mean, also believe in karma. So each year we have identified and over 65% of our clients or business or current businesses from past clients. And if you combine that with referrals from our clients, I mean, we probably are at 80%. Now, recently, I mean, we have seen the importance of social media and technology. And we have used it to promote uh, testimonials, um, I mean, to promote the, how people see us. In addition, we use it to continue providing financial information to people then, and also helping them navigate the process of buying a home. I mean, you know, they had to make educated decisions, I mean, versus really just uh, something that they are reacting to. They see a commercial, okay, 1% interest rates, and they run, and they're like, no. Later on, they find out that it's a lie. So we are really unique because we use technology for the benefit of the customer, to reduce the basic touches, they're not able to free time so we can have a personal relationship with them. So we consider a hybrid in technology and human touch, which most companies have either or, no both.
0: Right. No, and and, and I do think that there's, there's strength in that because I think a lot of the, you know, through email and text and everything, there's a lot lost in, in just communicating with people and actually talking to people and hearing their hopes and dreams and aspirations. i I, I met a... a young executive and I thought it was neat he did uh, dream walks with his employees each day and I've mentioned this before I think in one of the other podcasts but I thought it was neat he knew that it was 15 minutes to walk around the lake out in front of his building and so his assistant would just line up employees every 15 minutes and he'd walk around the lake and he'd, he'd essentially ask him like what do you want out of life like what are your dreams what are your aspirations how can I help you and I just thought that was neat because he said he also does that with his clients he sits them down he doesn't ask them for business he asks them what their dreams are and then he said, and then my, my role, my job is to help them achieve those dreams. And I just thought that that's neat. And I think it's exactly what you're saying, Huberto. And, you know, from a decision-making leadership standpoint, uh, I'm just curious, do you have any systems for decision-making, learning, execution? Like, how, how do you handle that part of the business?
1: Well, um, every single day that I do my job, I had to make dozens of decisions, <laughs> And the best way I can describe it, the way I make decisions. uh, If I just have a short period of time, I mean, usually I say 100% by instinct. You know what I mean? Uh, But I usually try to lean on the people and the opinion of the person that is closer to the problem. Now, because of my background in science, I'm very systematic and I follow the scientific method. So when I see a problem, I see as an experiment. And I love to do that because I don't force the outcome because the result will either be something positive that will help me win, or a lesson that will give me experience. Now, on long-term decisions, especially when we want to implement something new in our company, I consult the employees and a small group of people that I, and a small group of people that I consider my mentors. Now, you were asking also, I mean, like, where do I learn? I mean, I I listen to Dan Quiggle's podcast. I (laughs) I love listening to a lot of, uh, Podcasts, I like reading biographies. I think it's interesting to see how people accomplish and also during their lives, they have setbacks and everything, and then they get back on their feet. So I think that's important to to do that. Um, And then the way I execute, I really make sure that I do what I ask my employees to do. Just simply take action, period. And the reason I say period is because just take action. No, for no reason or anything. Just take action because if you succeed, it's awesome. But if you have a breakdown, I mean, this is going to create a breakthrough and you're still going to learn. So that's basically how we operate in a company. So
0: everybody just hear that? So a breakdown can equal a breakthrough. I love that. Okay, thank you well, for that. Well, if you
1: see, think about it. I mean, when you have a breakdown, it's like someone, you are in front of a brick wall, you know what I mean? Like, and people say, I need a physical brick wall. What do you do when you knock down a wall? You see what is on the other side. I mean, don't you want to see it, especially if it's stopping you from moving forward?
0: But you also said something really neat that I appreciate. You said we, we either get a result or a lesson. And, and I, th- I think that's important. You know, um, you know my daughter, Corinne, because she played with Gigi, and, and they played beach volleyball together at Pepperdine. Corinne posted something the other day, and she said you either win or you learn. And I thought that's, and and that's exactly what you're saying, Huberto. So you either get this result that you want or a lesson, um, or you get that, that breakthrough. And, and, and again, it goes back to, you know, our resistance to take risk in life. Maybe we're afraid of failure or we're afraid of a change. Change is the one constant we can count on in life. And, and if you know, I, again, I try to say this often to my kids, often to my employees, but you're either a student of it or a victim of it. And if you're going to be a victim, it's going to be a long, miserable life. But if you're going to be a student, what an exciting life it's going to be because it's happening all around us. And, and so, you know, Huberto, and this is, this is something because, okay, look, you, you know, you've been married for a long time. You've got great kids. The kids are involved in the business, uh, which, uh, you know, there's some great questions there we could talk about, but growing any business ha- takes time and it has trade-offs. What is non-negotiable for you? Like what is what is important to you that you just won't give up?
1: Wow, well, this, this this is this is pretty good that you asked me that because what is non-negotiable for me is when someone is greedy. I, I say like you have to be when you enter into a negotiation in a business, when you business deal with your, with, with anyone in any of your community and you are part of it. I mean you have to enter the situation willing to give something up. So, and also even giving the right to be right. So something that is non-negotiable for me is really when people, even if they disagree, then they don't wanna work together. So I encourage people to make sure that, that they find a way to collaborate they find a way to find agreement with a simple objective of moving forward to accomplish the goal, whatever the goal is. I don't, they don't have to believe in the same things, but they have to find a common ground to move forward. Uh, The other thing is, I mean, I'm a firm believer in God, you know, it's my faith. And I know God is watching me every single time. So non-negotiables is something that will upset him.
0: Well, I think that that goes back to like, you know, just a foundation of integrity and, and as you said, faith and whatever that is for you as an individual. But I will say, uh, realizing that actions have consequences. Like I I have that on my wall right here. I'm looking at it. It says actions have consequences. And again, talk to my kids about that all the time. So good, good actions have good consequences. Bad actions have bad consequences. So which ones are you going to make and and where do you want to live your life? And, uh, And, and, you know, that, so, so I love hearing that. I, I do think that within your organization, and this is just me, you know, hearing you speak and everything that you're, you're always looking for ways to be creative. How, how do you encourage creative thinking within the organization?
1: Oh my God, this is pretty, you have the best questions, Dan. I love you. (laughs) Uh, Well, I encourage every person in my organization to make decisions and to trust their instinct. You know, they say, well, uh. What if I fail? That's okay, you learn. And I ask him to find solutions. And always, like I say, ways to collaborate. And I ask him to reach out. If you find yourself on a stop, ask. No one is gonna make fun of you. I mean, here we're gonna find a way to empower you. So I think people start becoming creative. They start becoming more, they start be willing to give their opinion more because they know you got their back. They know that you are encouraging that. So, so that that's, that's basically what we do for to do that. Uh, and as a result, you know, it, right now we just got over COVID, you know, and I'm so proud to say that my team operated almost at 90% through these hard times. And all I can say is because of the bond that has been created among themselves, that neither, no one was willing to give up and fail. And we have probably the best successful. Year in business than we had in 28 years.
0: Yeah, and that's that's amazing. And and listen, sometimes in crisis people rally together. I think that there's there's opportunity there to to bring people toward a common goal, create a vision for them of success, and then what binds everyone together the shared experience, the shared pain, the shared struggle. And nobody wants that. That's I'm not wishing that on anybody. I'm just saying if it's already there, though, you know why not grab a hold of it beat it to the ground, you know, beat the living heck out of it, and then use it to, to make yourself and those around you even stronger. You know, it's interesting you said that it's the way that you deal with your employees when it comes to being creative. I will say that, and I ask people, you know, my listeners out there to, to really think about this for a second. When you're dealing with your family, when you're dealing with your company, and they bring you a different idea or a different perspective, like how do you respond to that? Because a lot of that will dictate how they bring you stuff in the future. So if, if you're like, look, I, I've, I've already thought that through, or this is a stupid idea, or this is crazy, well then why am I going to bring you another idea? But if it's if it's at least given credibility, a thought, um, you don't have to do what everybody tells you to do, but you may want to listen because they may actually tell you a better way. And and if they care about you, you know, I, I'm very fortunate, Cuberto, I get to talk to kids of CEOs sometimes. They'll ha- they'll take the Quiggle assessment, and then they'll have me call their son, and I I do, I do this for a lot of people. I love doing it. And I'll coach them up, their son or their daughter, just like I would as a CEO. So I'll get this daughter on the line and we'll be talking about business and about future. And one of the things that I love to say is I say, you know, you may want to listen to your parents. They actually care about you. And I said, think about that for a second. Someone that cares about you not just a passing person in your life But someone who actually loves you cares about you is giving you advice You don't have to do what they say, but you may actually just want to listen and it's funny because I'll get them You know, they'll they'll say all right, probably I don't listen enough or and you know that comes with wisdom of course over time but the reality is that When someone cares about you, uh and they give you advice or, or they're giving you counsel or, or they're at least willing to listen to what you have to say. It just changes the whole dynamic. And so thank you for bringing that up. Cause I think that that's a big part of, of getting people to think outside the box, to be comfortable bringing new ideas to the table. And that's all part of it. Um, you know, we don't always achieve everything we want in life, Huberto, And, and, uh, we talked about kind of you, you win or you, or you learn, but many times we learn from our failures, uh, even sometimes more than our successes, have you ever had like a big failure that you learned from, and what did it teach you?
1: Oh, yeah, well, I mean like everyone I mean during the the big recession, I mean I basically was in debt almost four million dollars and and my wife said like all you have is your name and and, and your reputation. We are not moving to a different city. you're staying here, so you just do what you can and um so so yeah it was a big setback but uh, so i i think um so i had to thank her for for having the, the strong faith that we will overcome pretty much any setback but my greatest values were from trusting people however i learned that as humans we always have to find a way to trust people but now I'm more careful and um, I know Ronald Reagan mentioned this and I'm not sure it was his quote or he just got it from somewhere else. But now I just trust and verify. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, and, and let's, let's go back to that for a second because I can't just let that pass. I mean, four million dollars in debt. I mean, the fact you even brought that up, that's serious. I mean, overcoming that, dealing with that, how hard was that with the family? How hard was that on you? Um, how, did you get, how did you get out of that? How did you figure that out?
1: Well, um, Many, many things. I mean, like, um, one of the things is that it was $4 million in paper because I warranted uh, second trust deeds. Um, at the time, I was also um, opening at the Novo Bank. I was the director. I mean, I, I was a, a clean uh, a Hispanic with a clean banking experience uh, background. So we were opening with a group of investors. We were opening a bank here in in, in San Juan Capistrano. And one of the people, involved, the main investor, I mean, uh, he helped me out and gave me a personal loan. So we cured all those loans. And little by little, I mean, uh, we overcome that. Now, the people that I refunded the money to, or like a year later, they say, well, uh, this gets emotional. He said, you are the only person who, um, who honored your debt. How can we help you? So they reinvested on me. So now I am even better financially than them.
0: Yeah, but see but okay so so many lessons here and and i appreciate you sharing that because that's not easy for anyone and by the way you know i've i've known people in my own life that have have gone through similar situations and it's not easy on the family i mean sometimes families do not survive that uh you know relationships don't survive it it's just it's hard and and i love that you stood up and and took care of the debt and did everything that you needed to do i will say this it's interesting when i first started my vending business Cuberto um, we had some friends, the Warrens and they, they lent me money and I had nothing really to back it up with except some vending machines. I mean, I was <laughs> we had nothing. And I first asked for like $17,000, which was an a, I mean, just so much money to me. And I said, I'll pay back over five years. And would we'll, well, I paid them off in like three months. And then I borrowed another like 30,000 and then another 50,000. I would always do these long-term like three year, five year, uh, payouts, but then I'd pay them back in like three months. Well, Years later, uh, they called me one day and it's symbolic to what you just said. And they said, Dan, uh, do you need any money? And I said, no, why why are you calling? And they said, well, we were in bed last night. We were talking and we figured that you were one of the only ones that ever paid us back. And so we appreciated that. And I'm sure that that investor also appreciated that and wanted to be on your team, knowing the integrity that you had. And I mean, that just says speaks a lot to your character, uh, your commitment. And you know, we, we of course need more of that these days in society but uh i think i've always I, been a firm that, believer there are good people out there mention
1: something uh, part of me i uh, went to file bankruptcy part of me wanted to bail uh, you know just move from san juan capistrano to a different city but that's where kimberly hernandez came into play she said no you don't bail so.
0: <laughs> she held you accountable But, but, but again, you know, just the real, the real side of that conversation internally, right? With yourself saying, hey, uh, you know, the easy way out may be just to disappear or make, make that try to forget about this or leave that debt on somebody else. But there's so much to be said for that integrity side and just you know, owning up to, to maybe a bad decision or listening to the wrong person, we all make mistakes. I mean, that's the thing about life. There's, there's no halo sitting over this head. I guarantee you to ask my friends, my family, everybody, they'll all agree. I just want to try to be the best person that I can be. And I fail, you know, a lot, but I also want to succeed a lot. And, you know, it goes back to that decision-making where you said you make a lot of decisions each, each day, Cuberto. Well, guess what? As leaders, you have to make decisions and in the end, you're not going to be right every time. Now, we have to be right most of the time. No pressure, of course. <laughs> but but the reality is we still have to make the decision. Good or bad, right or wrong, we have to make the decision. So the, the goal then becomes to try to make the right decision most of the time, to try to listen to the right people. And that's why, you know, I, I, I talk about kitchen cabinet a lot, like having the right people around you uh, makes a big difference, doesn't it? Um, I think what... What was the biggest aha moment that helps you kind of pivot or leap over hurdles to get to the next level? Is it was there? Is, is there an aha moment for you that, that you remember back that really made a difference?
1: You know, uh, okay, talking about financial success. I mean, life success. I, mean, I when people talk about what's your aha moment? Well. For me is, and and that's something that Kimberly and I, my wife of 30 years, share and talk for hours, how we measure our net worth, you know? So after 38 years of marriage, I mean, we were able to raise three kids, provide private education from kindergarten to college. I mean, good universities, Loyola Marymount, Pepperdine University, University of Francisco, they all play division one sports in college. Today, my wife and I, we can say, okay, the III, Christian Eugene, Georgina Ray are contributing in a positive way to society. And the icing on the cake is we have five grandkids and two amazing daughters in law. So that's my ahemon. See, but
0: okay, you know what's great about that? You just talked about your net worth and you didn't mention money one second. I mean, I mean talk about a legacy. Talk about a legacy and, and realizing the wisdom of what really is important. There was there was a great show, Q Burgin, now I'm gonna, I'm gonna backtrack, it's called About Time, it's a movie about time, it's called About Time. So I want you to picture this, they have the ability, I don't wanna give up give up the movie if you wanna go watch it, but they have the ability to go back in time. And what you find out is that the guy, the dad, when, when the son describes him, he says, my dad was eternally available, always ready for a table tennis match or a, conver- a deep conversation. What you realize is that the dad didn't live that way the dad lived working his whole life But when he got sick, he realized what he did he went back in time and he retired At 50 so that he could spend that eternal amount of time with his son and that that was the memory that he left with him and talk about I mean, it's so emotional that movie at the end. It's what it's we're seeing but what I loved about it was what you really discover what's important and what's not. And, and and you know, granted money in the bank, it's it's easier to do things. You can take great vacations. You know, you, you have the stability. I'm not saying it's not important, but I'm saying that on your final day, I just have a strong feeling nobody's going to be saying, I wish I would have attended one more meeting. They're going to say, I wish I would have, you know, not missed out on some of these family opportunities or taken more family trips and everything like that. So I, I love your aha moment. You know, and, mm-hmm. and that's symbolic of kind of who you are as a person. It goes back to really your philanthropic side and and can we talk for a minute about that because your philanthropic work is extraordinary and what what create you know what motivated you to create the um the Mars Foundation and how has it impacted the lives of others especially children
1: this is really awesome that you asked this because the My Foundation was the result of a community project that Uh, which is part of the curriculum of a communication seminar. It's called Self-Expression Leadership Program that encourages a person to create a community of people and share the same passion with you regardless. So, I mean, we were like 40 participants, so different people had different passions. But this will help you. And the premise says, like, if you do this community project, this will help you find your passion and motivators in other communities in your life. Each person is part of 12 to 15 communities. So they challenge you to disappear two or three communities and to create a new one with with the community project. Well, so a couple of the coaches that were talking to me say, what motivates you? What makes you excited? I go, the ocean. Okay, what else? Children. He goes, well, so create a possibility that involves both. So the possibility still remains as part of the vision of the foundation and is that it's possible to reverse the effects of pollution in our ocean by educating our youth. At the time, the the community project was to raise $5,000 to educate 500 kids. I call it the Baja 500, the ocean experience. And I got in trouble with the organizer of the Baja 500 because they thought I was using their name. I just thought, okay, I'm gonna educate 500 kids in Baja. So it's gonna be the ocean experience. So I had to remove that. And then we raised the $5,000, which is easy again. I mean, raising money, I can even donate the the $5,000, but you had to push a muscle where you had to ask for money. So I raised the $5,000, after a lot of like, it's probably was more even difficult than probably selling $10 million on home loans. And then the challenge was, okay, where do we get the 500 kids? So two volunteers move forward. And when these 500 kids experience, what we taught them, more kids came, kept coming out. So like, why am I gonna provide financing for this? And that's when someone says, you have to create a nonprofit. So that's the reason my Foundation started.
0: And so what are you doing? What, what did you do with these 500 kids? What was life changing with them?
1: Okay, well, it's pretty cool because I go, okay, if I can create the same emotion and passion for the ocean that I feel That'd be really cool. So I just taught him basic things. What are oceanologists study? Because I also, I was kind of like selfish. I wanted these 500 kids to know what is an, what is to be an oceanologist. In addition, I felt like, okay, well, if they know that if you learn math, chemistry, physics, biology, I mean, you can do something fun when you are an adult. Also, it's gonna encourage them to get a degree because another, thing that I'm a firm believer is that a higher education is the biggest equalizer in society. So I go like, if any of these kids get motivated because they wanna be one day, studying about the ocean to get a degree. I don't care if they get, us an, they get a degree in, in law or in accounting, but I advance this kid. So that was my pure motivation. So these 500 kids were from Ensenada, most of them, we're from a dance studio because I was just trying to find anywhere the kids and it worked out extremely well. Right now we have educated probably 15, 20,000 kids.
0: Wow, that's that's amazing. So 15, 20,000 kids have gone through the program and you're continuing to grow it and I, and I know that you're involved in other organizations that you're passionate about, Boys and Girls Club, Boy Scouts of America. Like how do you choose these organizations? Is it because of your kids? Um, how much time do you put in? I'm just curious because I, I do hear you talk about a lot of those and I'm just always, a, a, I always admire you and your passion when, you, when it comes to these things.
1: Well, Dan, uh, one of the things that you do when you create, a, if you're a good leader, you're going to have to transfer that passion and to someone else. I mean, like I say, every time a volunteer comes to me, I say, everything that you have learned from me, the way to be grateful is if you teach it to someone else. So the different organizations that, that you mentioned, for example, the Boys and Girls Club, my son, Christian, is now one of the directors. I mean, he participated there. So it just keeps going, you know, it's the legacy that our family is living. When, when I got involved with the Boys and Girls Club, at the time, it was a small facility, two portable classrooms, next to a poorly kept soccer field. So we, and, and they, but they were serving hundreds of kids. So when we got involved, we um, we decided to do to raise capital, and now the Boy Scouts Club of Capistrano Valley serves multiple cities, and it's probably one of the facilities that the nicest facilities probably in the state or in all United States. Now with the Boy Scouts of America, it's funny story because when my kids got involved in Boy Scouts, my wife was the leader for the group for my son, Kubi, Kudberto. And when it was time for Christian to get involved in the group, there was a dad who was a doctor, one that was an attorney, and one that was a CPA. And my wife said like, you are signing up because no one wants to be part of this. I'm so glad she did that at the time I was upset, but it forced me at the beginning to spend time with my kids that created an amazing relationship with them over time. So I really enjoy doing that. Now, Christian has his kids in Boy Scouts, and he's a leader himself. Um, I still uh, participate in the extent where I am a, I teach personal management to Boy Scouts that are ready to be Eagle Scouts, uh, and that's to the extent where I help. Now, with the mission, San Juan Capizano Basilica and the Prairie School, uh, when my oldest son was ready to go into kindergarten, we wanted to see if we, can get him into a good school. And Monsignor Martin at the time gave us a discount and basically facilitated our son getting to school. So so we served under him for years. And during the time that we helped, we built a school, a community center. We rehab the the church and a beautiful retablo was built in the the church. now, with the Museo Katsuo, it's just a way to give back to my alma mater. Uh, but every single one of these institutions have given something to my family, and my involvement is just to give back.
0: Do you know how I love how you light up when you talk about these things? And, and I think that's what it's all about. I, I will say you said something that was very interesting to me that I'm going to steal from you if you don't mind, Huberto, because, you know, I'm fortunate. I get to speak around the world on leadership and emotional intelligence, and I get to meet people like you, great, you know, optimistic problem solvers. And, you know, they'll come up and they'll say, oh, thank you for this. I learned. But what you just said was you said every, you know, you said when somebody says that to you, you said everything you just learned from me, if you want to thank me, teach somebody else that. And, and I think that's all about like expanding leadership. Like how do we expand leadership? How do we really recognize the moment in life where we go from success to significance when we really see the impact that we make on other families and other, uh, you know, or our employees or our coworkers or our friends or total strangers that we meet, uh, through an organization or on the street or wherever, wherever we are in our lives. And, and I just, that, that was, that was really amazing to me. And I appreciate that. Uh, you know, you you talk about like what are the what are some of the key activities um, that you would recommend to people who are trying to get more involved and, and trying to either be an entrepreneurs? Like where should they invest their time? What what should they do if somebody's out there and they want to start a business or they want to start a foundation? What should they be doing?
1: It, it really uh, be patient. I mean, when you go to Europe, I mean, you see churches that were built over two hundred year period. And here they are building a stadium in LA and people is anxious. So when is going to be done? I mean, they want this to get done in a year. You know, it's never fast enough. So I think when, if you want to have a long lasting effect on anything, you have to be patient and you really have to build a good foundation. So that's the thing. Now you have to remain grounded. You have to, to see what it really is is success and life all about. For example, in my case is the most important thing for me is God then comes to my wife and me or family and then everything goes from there. So willpower is restored when you take time off. And I encourage my my employees, that's why I say you have to look forward to do something for yourself to restore that willpower so you can go back to work with intention and be able to to find a way to align with everyone, to move forward. Because sometimes, one thing I look back, being young, you go 300 miles an hour, and now I realize that it's unnecessary. If you go 155, but steady, I mean, you're gonna accomplish more. But to, to make sure that everyone that is along with the ride with you, is aligned. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And that takes a lot of muscle. I think this world would be so much better if everybody understood and uh, learned more about mediation. I mean, how to really come into an agreement, I mean, to advance anything that we want to advance. So I will encourage them to to spend more time really looking what is important today, which is their health, God and their family.
0: So, you know, it's interesting that you said that and I appreciate that because, you know, when you start to hear the same thing from people you admire, it, it really sinks in. So you just said be patient, which, by the way, is a struggle of mine because I want everything now, 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 now. I mean, that's just, a, that's just my personality. Matter of fact, the running joke in my family is I say, you know, I should teach a class on patience. And the, my kids always go, who would teach it? <laughs> because it's certainly not going to be you because, you know, I, I want, like, like I said, everything right this second. But I will say that, like Ron Bailey, who, you know, is, is my king of my kitchen cabinet, my, my mentor of all mentors. Ron Bailey said, you know, Dan, it's interesting. Everyone wants to hit a home run. The problem is you, sometimes you just got to hit a single and a single and a single and a single and, a single and a, eventually you, you, you score a lot of runs, you know, but you've got to just be be patient, like you said, from that standpoint. So I want my listeners to really think about that because we expect things to happen overnight and sometimes things don't happen overnight. Uh, fixing relationships, building businesses, changing communities, changing environments, you know, those things take time and they take planning and they take, you know, the, the, the passion and... And all those things have to come together. So I think that's great advice from you, Huberto.
1: Thank you. You know, it's it's interesting that you say that anytime you are involved in any of your communities and you're part of, and people ask you uh, about what you are doing, for example, when people ask me about the foundation, I say, yeah, my commitment is 30 years. And they, that really creates like intrigues them. They say like, oh, you're committed to do this 30 years. Yeah. I want to see how far, I can get, you know? But uh, but I think also what they realize and this is for real, the same thing in our business. It's a family business. And I tell people, I can serve you well because now my two sons who are raising a family are involved and I want Maris mortgage to exist for the next 30 years because so they can provide what I was able to provide for, for my family and go on. So so when they people see that commitment, then they want to take action with you and not someone else who is just a telemarketer or someone who, who is just you're going to talk to them for five minutes and then they transfer it to someone else. So, to me, when you show commitment and when you share with people your commitment, that's going to give you validation and create success. Huberto, I
0: want to be you, your friend for the next 60 years. <laughs> I'm, I love it. I'm me committed. Too. Let's 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 grow old together and have great times and experiences together. You know, it it is it's so true and and I by the way, great lesson there in in just the way you sell and not just sell, like sell for sales, but the way you create connections with people. And cuz that's what selling to me is, you know, when when you believe in a product, it's not selling. It it's helping people. It's it's providing a great service. It's that's why I've never had a problem asking people for money for something I believe in because in the end, I want this organization or this thing to do really well because I think it's making an impact. And that's why I, I love what you're doing. And, and you know, I, I do, and I know we'll, we'll wrap things up here, but before before we do, can I just ask one thing? You, you, you brought your sons up again, and we kind of mentioned it a couple times. There are a lot of my listeners out there that have family-owned businesses. It's not easy getting kids or you know daughters, sons involved in companies uh, how do you how do you do it? Because I I know that they're doing really well. I know that they they're happy. You're happy. How did you create that environment? How do you treat them? How did you get them into the company? Can you share a few thoughts on that for a second?
1: Yeah, you know, um, again, being patient because uh, when kids graduate from college, they they write thinking that they deserve to get a job. They deserve to get paid. I mean, it's almost like entitlement, and I think my wife raised my three kids with a sense that they had to earn what they want. And before they joined the, 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 the family business, before my, my kids joined the family business, I um, I was fostering the same thing in orga- organizations. So when they joined, it wasn't any different, but because of their background in sports and the way they were raised, I mean, basically it's almost just like like people say, just add water and it grows. So that's exactly what happened. I mean, I admire my sons. I admire my daughter. I mean, they're amazing. And I need them. And that's another thing I tell people is like, I don't wanna ask you to do something I won't do. And the other thing is when, when we are working, it's not a relationship like father, son, you know, like here is my authority you're gonna do what I say. So no, we're equal. You know, first of all, is put yourself at risk. I only speak 30% of the English language, but I use all 30%. They know, I mean, every single day, all the emails, everything has to be corrected. So I had to rely on the education they have. I respect the education they got, but they can use my experience. So we complement each other. I mean, again, I mean, I made sure that they know that they bring value to the company. And I want to see again. I want to see how far they can get. I want to be that stepping stone that they can use to really see how far they can get. And and I'm amazed, and I enjoy every single day to see how they are growing. And as, as businessmen, as fathers, as spouses, you I mean it's just fascinating to me what is happening with them. And I'm close to them to see it.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. No, and and you know, I I love that the the compliment side. You know, I mean, so often and and. Um, you know, I'm often sometimes uh, blamed for trying to hire myself, you know what I mean, the, my personality, my when really I am who I am. So what I want to do is hire somebody that complements me. I want somebody on the team that complements me. And so the fact that you've learned that and that you want somebody who's going to bring something different to the table uh, really shows a lot about your leadership and, and kind of your vision of what you're trying
1: to achieve. Well,
0: well Cooper, go ahead,
1: to- please. Oh, this is right now. That you say, like I quite want to hire myself. I tell people here in the office. I say, find yourself from the position. I go. The, if you find yourself from this position, teach someone else. I mean, I'm gonna keep you because you are adding value to the company. Please, I tell, I beg everyone, fire yourself from your position. Learn something new because that's the only way we're gonna advance. So, so fire
0: yourself from your position. Yeah, yeah fire <laughs> yourself on a regular basis find somebody who's, you know, who's better than you. You know, that's, I I will say this, that was a life changing moment for me back in college. I was head of an organization. And I thought that, you know, because I was head of the organization, I should be the one to introduce the VIPs and meet them at the airport and pick them up and do all these different things. And then I heard a speaker and it was really life changing for me. He said, real success is not doing that real success is empowering others, creating experiences for others. And so I, I switched my whole mindset. I, I I let my top volunteer introduce the the VIP at the at the event. I let a group of other top volunteers go with me to the airport, and we picked them all up and go to dinner with this person. You know, and and it was just a freeing moment for me when I realized that true success is not, you know, building yourself up. It's building up others around you and investing in them, and 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 the true satisfaction in life that comes from that. And and I just <laughs> I, I just. You know, you think you know everything and then you, you you learn something and learn something and learn something and you realize that we don't even have close to all the answers. Well, listen, Cuberto, I, I, I will say this. Thanks for taking the time sharing your inspiring journey. Uh, you know, congratulations with your success with the Mars Foundation and the um, Mars Mortgage, and thanks for all the philanthropic work you do. What's the best way to connect with you for my audience?
1: You can send me an email, you know, culberto at marismortgage.com. C- C-U-T-B-E-R-T-O at marismortgage.com.
0: And Maris is M-A-R-E-S. M-A-R-E-S.
1: M-A-R-E-S mortgage. Mortgage. dot Mortgage.com. I mean, I'm on Facebook and also... Um, is Cuberto Hernandez. and uh, LinkedIn also is Cuberto Hernandez. And in Instagram, I'm, I'm at Senior C-U-T-S-R. And, and, and I will say this. Well, I'll,
0: I'll put all that in the show notes as well so that people okay. can connect with you, Cuberto. So first, real, real words of wisdom, Cuberto uh, <laughs> Hernandez. Thanks for sharing your stories and journey with all of us. Uh, your positive energy is contagious, and I'm sure many of our listeners feel encouraged and stimulated to start to continue uh, or start their own ventures. So thank you again. Uh, you know I admire you as a friend, so I'm just going to go ahead and say that right off the bat. I love your family. I love the way you uh, tackle business. I love your optimism. Cuberto, I, I don't know. I'm sure you have bad days, but when I've talked to you, you've never had a bad day around me, and there's an appreciation for that, even though I'm always here for you regardless. But um <laughs> So, I, you know, I hope, I hope everyone's gotten some good takeaways uh, for your business, your personal life, and feel inspired to take on new challenges uh, to create the future that you want. I'm Dan Quiggle. Hope you enjoyed the episode of Garage to Goliath. Please share this episode, this podcast with your family and friends and network. Uh, lead well, everyone. Thanks again, Cuberto.
1: Thank you, Dan.
0: You'll definitely want to check out the show notes for this episode, episode 56. You can find them at quigglegroup.com forward slash 56. That's Quiggle, Q-U-I-G-G-L-E, group.com forward slash 56. Also, please rate, review, and subscribe to this leadership podcast in iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. Your feedback helps us improve and also gets the message out to more listeners around the world. To rate, review, and subscribe, please visit Quigglegroup.com forward slash iTunes. Thank you.